Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking about five steps to help you with your lower back pain and hip pain. We talk about it from a treatment point of view so you can better understand how the stuff that you need to do at home really can work. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. We do these live streams every single weekday and we always do Q&A at the end and today's no exception. We've got Lara on the other side of the camera. She'll be able to take your questions down as we're going through today's live stream and we'll get to those at the end of the video. And with that being said, let's get into today's live stream. Okay guys, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about um, these sort of five steps. I've got them on overview on the side of the screen so you guys can see them and then I'm gonna talk about them on the board behind me. Again, if you've got any questions through any of this, then please do post those in the comments. Lara's gonna read those out and we'll do the usual Q&A at the end. Um, I'm gonna go through them sort of step by step, but the purpose of today's live stream is really to help you guys understand how we approach treatment in the clinic and how that uh, informs what we're telling you guys to do uh, from home. So I'm kind of gonna draw parallels between what we would do in the clinic and what you're gonna do at home at each of these steps, each of these five steps. So that's really, really important. So uh, first one is going to be identifying the injury. The second one, we're going to be talking about mobility. Thirdly, we're going to be talking about healing, fourth and loading. And then fifth is obviously going to be the rehabilitation there, which plays a vital role in the long-term stability. Uh, so if we slip back, back to me, uh, first point, establishing the cause of the injury. Where is the injury coming from? What is going on? Now, we touched on this a little bit in yesterday's live stream. If we have an injury in the L5-S1 region, we could have a number of a number of symptoms. We could have, this is L5-S1 in the lower back, which is this joint down the bottom here. We could have just local back pain. We could have pain into the buttocks. We could have some symptoms going down the leg. We could have some numbness in the big toe. We could have burning. We could have pain. We could have weakness. We could have some or all of these symptoms. We could have full-blown sciatica as well um, from time to time, and the symptoms could go down one leg or the other leg. But the point you want to get really in your head is it's an injury down here, and that needs to be treated as an injury down here, somewhat irrespective of all of those other factors that are there because the symptoms can vary from person to person with regards to the minutiae of how that's injured, and that will take place in a microscopic part of that lower back rather than a very gross part that we can interface even from a treatment standpoint. Um, so that's a very, very important principle that's no different for you guys at home than us in the clinic. Now in the clinic, we'll do special testing. We'll have a better understanding of the case history. So we'll probably be able to hone in a little bit faster on the problem. But for you guys at home, simple ways of distinguishing whether it's a lower back problem, even if that pain's in the hip. And when, the, when we talk about the hip, people commonly refer to this part here. That is... is it's not technically the hip, it's the, what we would call the buttock area. The hip, as we've discussed in previous live streams, is this joint here. And you get that pain in the front here, uh, in the middle, rather than in the sort of the groin area, rather than in the buttock. So if it's over the buttock, it's likely related to that lower back. Now, how can you identify that at home? It's gonna be movements that involve weight bearing. It's gonna be sitting for long periods, standing, going from sitting to standing, up the stairs, down the stairs, those sorts of activities are going to bother you. You might think, oh, well, it's when I move my leg, when I bring my knee up to my chest, that hurts. But that's more likely because we're actually rounding the back when we do that. Any sort of load-bearing activities like carrying things will aggravate these pains, and that can really help you understand that it's coming from the lower back. So those simple things, not to mention the fact that if you were doing the gardening and you came up you know, quickly and hurt yourself, it, it's kind of 
going to be intuitive that you'll know it's the lower back. So identify that injury first so we know exactly what's going on. The next thing with the lower back is we want to work on mobility. We want to make sure that these muscles around here are not influencing the process. They're not making things worse. They're not uh, putting more stress on your lower back than need be when it's trying to recover. And therefore, with that in mind, we want to make sure that we're keeping those as mobile as possible. Now, in the clinic, we use things like the vibration gun behind me, where we're going to be relaxing those muscles in the hips. So the glute muscles, the muscles that act on the hip, the hamstring muscles, quad muscles, the muscles on the front of the thigh, maybe even some work on the calves. With that, uh, for example, the, the vibration therapy in the clinic, we can also do some work on the back, which may not necessarily be possible for you guys to do at home. You don't necessarily want to work on stretching the back out, but we use that to help just relax some muscle spasm through here and just help these muscles work better. But the patient, you as an example, would be led on your front nice and still. There's no issues with movement. We're not moving the back. Now that's us in the clinic working on those muscles while you're still to improve the flexibility and the, and the mobility in those hips so that the hips can take more strain rather than the back. Well, at home for you, what does that mean? That means doing some specific stretching of those hip muscles, the glutes, the hamstrings, the hip flexors, maybe even the calves as well, to help decrease the tension through that muscular system and therefore improve the amount of flexibility that we have in this little hip down here and therefore decrease the stress on a daily basis going through the lower back because the hips can manage more effectively. That's point number, we've done point number one, lo lo uh, localize the injury, find it. Number two, we've worked on the flexibility. Number three is working on the healing. Now, for you guys at home, this is a little bit more difficult. We want to create a healing environment. We want to help those tissues heal. When we've got chronic back problems, or we've got uh, a chronic injury that's not healing properly, or even an acute injury that's in a very, very unnecessary inflammatory phase, it kind of messes up the functioning of those tissues. We have lots of inflammatory products. We have lots of waste metabolites in that area that affect, they make the tissue either more acidic, et cetera. And that affects the, the delicate balance that we need for nerves to flow into and out of the area in terms of sending signals, as well as the, it affects the concentration of, 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 of the interstitial fluid, which just messes up the way in which the body works. So that's not a good idea. So we want to flush through that area. Now in the clinic, we obviously use the class four laser therapy, and that's there to directly improve circulation to and through the area and speed up that tissue healing process, which is really, really important. Many of you guys will not be able to do that at home because you won't have access to that kind of equipment, uh, but you can use ice. Now, why are we using ice and not heat in this scenario? And where are we using it? Well, we're using it over the site of the injury. So if we've got this lower back issue, we're going to be using the ice over this section down here where the injury is, which you identified in step number one. And therefore, the ice is going to help calm down the excess inflammation. And when we take that ice off, our body's naturally going to, going to shunt fluid back into that area, shunt circulation back into that area to bring it back up to a normal body temperature. And doing this on and off during the day with short spells of what we'd normally recommend as being five minutes and no more, but multiple times a day, can really help improve the circulation through that area and prevent the buildup of excessive inflammatory markers and inflammatory products. As opposed to just using heat on that area and heat for a long time, that will just shunt so much to the area, it'll create what's, what sort of ends up being a bottleneck in the area and that creates further issues rather than resolving the issues. So that's very, very important that we identify the difference between heat and ice. We don't wanna do any things that are going to make things worse. So that's those first three points out of the way. We've got identifying the injury. If we haven't identified the injury, then we're gonna be in trouble. 
we're working on mobility, which we can do in the clinic and you can do at home. And we're working on healing, which we can do very well in the clinic and you can do respectably well at home using the ice. Next step is unloading. The overwhelming majority of back injuries are caused by too much compression going through your spine. Maybe it's a one-off instance, maybe it's multiple instances, and therefore we want to unload that pressure. And that is not stretching those backs out more. It's not bending forwards like this. In the clinic, we use IDD therapy. Now, the IDD therapy is an awesome bit of kit. You can read about it on the website, but essentially it involves directly wearing a few harnesses and getting on a table, which we, we always help you with. Um, it's a really cool table, actually. You kind of stand on it and then it lowers you down for you and then after the treatment it gets you back up as well which is really a good bit of kit but that helps us directly target these lower discs and the same can be done for the neck and we're taking pressure directly off them and creating more space down here in the lower back between those disc spaces and then where the nerves come out we're slightly opening that hole out so you can really get that exchange of nutrients and help unload those squash discs now that's us in the clinic using the idd therapy at home what are you doing we're doing that towel exercise, that towel decompression, which is going to unload those discs by lying over the towel and restoring the, the lower back alignment. Now, the good thing about the towel is that it actually unloads a number of structures. It's going to unload the muscles and ligaments on the back part of the spine that invariably are stretched because we're slouching all day. It's going to unload all of these, but it's also going to unload the spinal column itself. So it's kind of like a double whammy in terms of a positive. So a very, very important exercise for all of you guys to do. And if you're in the premium backing shape members, we're going to be shooting a video later today in the clinic about another little way you can do kind of semi decompression um, whilst you're sitting up in a chair. Uh, so do keep an eye out for that one. Uh, we'll be sticking that in the Facebook group and on the premium membership in backingshapeup.com. So check that one out probably later today, stroke tomorrow. We're shooting the video later today. Um, so that's, that's it. Let's just recap one more time. Identify the injury. Work on the mobility of the hips for you guys at home. Again, those muscles nice and flexible. Obviously in the clinic, we can do a bit more. We're working on the healing, which you guys do at home with ice. We use laser in the clinic. And then we've got the unloading those structures, which you guys will be doing the towel exercise and maybe that other variation we'll discuss later. And in the clinic, obviously we use the IDD therapy, which works really, really well. It's also called spinal decompression. So that's everything that you're doing to deal with the underlying issue or, or fixing sort of the immediate problem that's there, whether it's chronic or acute. And then we've got the rehab. The rehab is kind of the fifth point. And this is so important and really requires a good degree of consistency, especially if you've had these problems for many years. If you've had back pain or this back and lower back and hip pain, and it's been on and off or recurrent for a very long period of time, the rehab is so important. And quite often the reason that these things come back is because we don't, don't go through the necessary rehab at the end. And this is something that will be the same in the clinic as out of the clinic. And that is the process of strengthening up shoring up those muscles so we can provide more stability and protection to that lower back and more strength through the other muscles that support the lower back and the spine so that can be the leg muscles it can also be the core muscles it can also be the back muscles and working diligently on those for a period of months after this injury to make sure that we are measurably and objectively stronger than what we were when we first got this injury or than we have been over the over the recent past so that's pretty much it guys i've got it all written down on the board here I suppose I will just touch on one last thing in terms of the rehab for the long term that I'd written on the board earlier this morning when I was preparing for today is that your body, the reason we're doing this rehab over a longer period of time is because your body will adapt to the stress. It will start to get stronger in response to these new stresses. And one thing to really point out on the rehab, the fifth point, is that there are sometimes going to be some bumps in the road. 
the process of rehabilitation, especially when it's done properly, is first obviously establish the technique. And that would be akin to our, you know, first stepping into that phase two program that we have or the phase three or even the phase one in the back in shape. But then we need to start getting to the point where we're pushing the limits. We're in this constant battle between we don't want to overdo it, but we don't want to underdo it. We need to get a bit of a reaction from those tissues. We need to stress them just enough to consider to, to trigger adaptive change. And that sometimes can feel like there's a process of three steps forwards, one step back, five steps forwards, two steps back. But that's completely okay. It's necessary to, to do that dance between pushing the boundaries and not quite enough. So do, do not be shy when we get into the rehab side of things with that. But we want to be sensible. We don't want to overcook it because if we cook it too hard, we're going to hurt ourselves, and that's going to, going to more so than anything else knock our confidence when we're in that fifth and final step so do be careful do be diligent if you've got any questions with any of that you guys can always reach out to us especially if you're in the facebook group for the back and shape members um ask us on that moving through sort of phase three region of rehab because it really um sometimes people get a little bit carried away uh they like they they enjoy some of those exercises and they kind of push it a little bit too hard other times uh more commonly in sort of phase two and phase one people just don't progress. They, they kind of get stuck. They, not because they can't, but because there's just that fear, that fear of pushing the rehab too far. And if we don't do that, we don't work on that rehab long-term and we're going to get in a lot, of, a lot of trouble. And some of you guys watching this that are in the Back in Shape membership, you will probably have identified that a lot of the phase one work is really steps one, two, three, and four. It's the step five that is phases two and phases three. So just an interesting one there that that's really how this kind of gives you this particular live stream gives you guys an insight into how we created the live the um not the live stream the back and shape program to really mimic what we actually do in the clinic um, and it works very very well in the clinic and as many of you know it's working very very well for you guys too so with that with that sort of wrapped up we're going to q a okay brilliant uh, morning everybody uh, i've got a, I've got a comment here, here from Thanks, lisa son. on on youtube yep. she said that she's had back pain for the past year from picking up some patio furniture the wrong way uh, she's been experiencing lower back pain down uh, to her left hip toes uh, sometimes they go numb and tingly she said i've tried lying on my back on the floor tucking my chin in and lifting my left leg oh, in the yeah, air. I, saw that. I can't do this it hurts please help yeah, please don't do that. Um, I think I might have actually applied to that comment. Um, yeah, so, so that's a really good sort of comment for everyone watching this to, to watch out for. Um, what she's essentially doing um, is, is lying on the back here and we're tucking the chin to the chest, which is obviously putting a stretch through and that actually has an impact on pulling on the spinal cord, which is not necessarily what you'd want to do. And then bringing the legs up and we're just really flattening this whole spine when most likely what happened was it was bending down like that to pick something up that caused the injury in the first place so please if you're doing anything that sounds remotely like that particular one rewind this about 30 seconds and listen to what lara said again um please don't do that that's the exact opposite of what we've just discussed um and it's and it's unfortunately so common that that misguided advice is actually given to to, to, to patients and it really doesn't help and it doesn't it just doesn't fit the bill. It doesn't help the patient. So please avoid those things. And what I would definitely recommend in that case, get on and start doing the back and shape work. The towel will probably be difficult for you to start with. It will get easier. And then you've got to get through some rehab because having these issues for a year, the, the problem is once we've had them for a long period of time, we're gradually losing that muscle stability that was there in the first place potentially to protect us. And that's creating a bigger hole that we need to climb out of. So the sooner you get started, the sooner you can start getting better um, and obviously we need to have, we need to have a frame of reference. 
if, you, if you've only injured this, properly injured it yesterday, you're going to recover very, very quickly. That's why people often with the relapses, those two steps forwards, one step back, do, do recover very, very quickly from those because they are in a position where they start, they've already made some momentum. But when we've had a problem that's been going downhill for a long period of time, sometimes it takes time just to stop it getting worse. So we slow the decline and then it takes a bit of consistency to then get it to start going back up again. So that's an important thing to bear in mind. Okay, great. Uh, Karen has asked, is swimming a good way to rehabilitate a back problem? Um, so uh, t swimming is one that's often recommended, but it's not really, it's fine for the mobility side of things. Um, you obviously have to have a, a cost versus reward. I don't think swimming is anything anyone's going to be doing for the next couple of months anyway, given the current climate we're shooting this. It's uh, the 23rd of June today, 2020. So you guys will know that it's probably not an option right now. And again, it's a risk versus reward. Um, I think the act of being in a swimming pool is probably quite good because it unloads the spine. So that's step number four. That being said, the act of getting undressed involves a lot of compression. It involves a lot of flexion. So unless you're going to go in wearing a dress that you can just drop, maybe the guys, that's probably not going to be as appropriate. Um, you're, going to, you're going to find it difficult to get your socks on and off before and after the swimming session. So is that really worth the benefit that you're going to get in the swimming session, plus the risk of slipping and falling over, which could just be completely accidental. But if you're someone who's in pain, you're probably going to be a little more vulnerable on your feet. So the notion of swimming, um, sometimes just the practicalities of doing it seems to be prohibitive in of itself, even if the act of swimming is going to be good. The final thing is from a long-term rehab point of view, swimming is great for cardiovascular, but it does absolutely nothing to build up those load bearing structures because there's no load through the spine. Therefore, you're not going to get that adaptive change, that increase in strength and stability in those structures because they just simply don't have the load. Uh, so it's worth bearing that in mind as well. Okay, awesome. Uh, Alex just commented back to Lucy, so the towel definitely works, Lisa, it's an instant relief, which is yep. awesome. Um, awesome. Right, I'll just quickly go back to Facebook. Um, Joe has asked, if you have pain in the mid-back, can you use the towel on the mid-back to, to decompress it here? Yeah, so you want to be um, cautious with this because certain groups of people will have a very flat um, middle section of the spine. So this is going to be like uh, dancers, gymnasts, um, those that have particularly quote-unquote good posture observably will tend to have rather flat sections of the thoracic spine here um, and that typically in those groups the gymnasts etc so you might find that that's not as helpful for that particular individual that being said if you've been slouched in front of the computer for a long period of time then actually popping the towel right here and this is going to be where your shoulder blades come down if i just draw on the board so you guys can see where the shoulder blades come down is about the midpoint of the apex of uh, of your thoracic curve, the apex of your rib cage. So if we look at you like that, that's from the side and your shoulder blades are about here and the towel would go about here. And that can really open out your rib cage quite nicely. And it's quite a pleasant stretch, actually. Uh, it's pretty strong on the front of the ribs. Um, but it really will help open up that ridge, rib cage and pull, pull those shoulders back. So putting the towel sideways across at that level, looking, you, looking at you from the back, you're going to have your spine there and then shoulder blade, shoulder blade, and the towel sort of sitting about there. So just below be a, the shoulder Just blades. below the shoulder blades, where your bra strap would be if you're a lady. Um, that's where we'd want to do that. And that can be a good one for opening up that mid-back uh, or taking pressure off that mid-back if it's very rounded uh, like so. 
And for that mid back towel, how long would you recommend that they stay? Oh, uh, like three to five minutes. No more than no more than five minutes. What you might find is you get rather uncomfortable um, just because of it opening out the rib cage. The thoracic spine is a little bit more stiff than the than the neck and the lower back because obviously it's got ribs attached to it. So you might not want to stay there too long, but it is quite often a very relieving one. Other people will have been recommended, many of you guys watching this will be recommended putting the spine lengthways along the spine. That can work too. Sorry, the towel uh, lengthways along the spine, uh, which can work too as well. Um, that, that's a fine one. For those in the Back in Shape program who are, who are going through the rehab, do you recommend doing the mid-back towel at the moment? Or? Uh, I wouldn't really do that if you're in phase one. Uh, that's a nice one for someone who's maybe in phase three. Okay. Uh, once you're in phase three, yeah, you can you can add in that stretch. It's be quite a nice one. Okay, perfect. If you've got any neck issues, by the way, that will be very difficult. So definitely, uh, if you were even considering it, you might want to do it on the bed first with a bit of support for the neck. Okay, awesome. Um, Ollie has asked, would you recommend using crutches to help unload the lower back and hips? Um, yes, but getting hold of those would probably be very difficult. So the question there was about crutches to unload the spine. Uh, yeah, you're going to find that difficult, but it, that's what it does. That's the purpose of crutches. And, and it does help some people that are in real trouble with some pretty profuse disc bulges uh, get into the clinic, as we've seen. Yes, yes. Okay, awesome. I think that's all the questions for today. Perfect. Yes. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us on today's live stream. Hopefully you guys found it helpful. Hopefully if you're in the back in shape, then you kind of understood how things are fitting together and how that emulates what we do in the clinic to a certain degree. And if you're not in the back in shape, maybe you can understand a little bit more about how you can how your back can be fixed from home, whether it's a lower back and all lower back and hip pain, or you've got any of those sciatic type symptoms, if you follow these five steps, they're really gonna help you get that back pain resolved. If you're new to the channel, if you found this video helpful, then please do consider subscribing, hitting the notification bell. And again, if you think there's someone that you know that might find these videos helpful and our Q&A at the end helpful, then please do consider sharing the videos with those that help spread the word and is greatly appreciated by us as well. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning with another live stream. Uh, the topic is why is vitamin D important? So we're going to so be talking about different. vitamin D tomorrow. Very, very important, but it's a great time for it because the weather here is pretty good right now. So you can get plenty of that vitamin D over the next couple of days. So have a great afternoon. Enjoy the sunshine and we will see you guys tomorrow with another live stream.